Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and uh, we are here together exploring the highways and byways and cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history. And today we're going to be going back to the 1920s and hearing what uh, was occasionally called then and has come to be known as hot dance music. And these are music, uh, or this is music played by dance bands from the 1920s that had some jazz component, usually a jazz soloist or two in it. Often they were, or most often they were white bands who were trying to incorporate some of the jazz sounds that were being uh, produced by some of the uh, frontline African-American jazz bands. For example, Fletcher Henderson's band, a little bit later Duke Ellington's band, and so forth. The band, uh, actually the musician we're going to be focusing on today, was a saxophone player named Jack Pettis. Jack Pettis was born in 1902 in Indiana. He moved around as a youth. His father was a coal miner, apparently. But he was uh, introduced to saxophone in the 1910s, probably as a result of a vaudeville performance or something like that. This was back when the saxophone was known as a, uh, a novelty instrument and uh, had a lot of comedy potential and so forth. Uh, it wasn't until the late 1910s that some saxophone virtuosi like uh, Rudy Weedoft and Paul Beese and uh, uh, Clyde Dorr and people like that started making recordings that were uh, more musical than novelty. And Jack Pettis came in on the heels of those recordings. He uh, started playing in uh, dance bands and so forth in the late 1910s. By 1921, 22, he was in Chicago where he was playing uh, with several white dance groups when he was engaged to play at the Friars Inn. Uh, the Friars Inn Orchestra, or the Friars Society Orchestra, was led by pianist Elmer Schobel and included several white New Orleans jazz musicians, including cornetist Paul Marez and trombonist George Brunis, clarinetist uh, Leon Rapolo, Arnold Loyacano on bass, and uh, they had a good uh, jazz feeling to them that uh, uh, was very popular for a short time in Chicago, and they added a saxophone player or two at different times, including Jack Pettis, who recorded with them uh, on several occasions, even taking one of the first jazz saxophone solos on record. So after that band broke up, uh, Pettis toured around a little bit and ended up in New York in about 1923 and started playing with Ben Burney and his Hotel Roosevelt Orchestra. Ben Burney was a violinist and a front man who had an exceptionally good dance orchestra in the 1920s. A little bit later he went on and started playing in cruise ships. By the 1930s and 40s he was a radio personality. Yowza yowza was his catchphrase. Uh, but he was a very good band leader and this was a, a, a group that really was one of the best white jazz bands, dance bands, what have you, in the 1920s. It's never given credit, uh, never mentioned in the same breath as Paul Whiteman or Ben Pollock or Gene Goldcat, but had a lot of very interesting arrangements and soloists as well, and his chief soloist was Jack Pettis. So we're going to start with one recording by the Ben Burney Orchestra, and then we're going to end up with a series by that group, and in the middle we're going to play some of the... Uh, sides that were done largely by the same personnel, but led by either Jack Pettis or his pianist Al Goring or Irving Mills and different people like that, but probably playing the same repertoire that they were playing at the Hotel Roosevelt, the jazz repertoire anyway. A lot of Ben Burney's recordings tended to be more of the pop variety, as you can imagine. They were trying to sell records back then, as now. And uh, the jazz recordings were uh, released, uh, recorded for and released on the smaller labels. So the first one we're going to hear is a tune by Al Goring and Jack Pettis, a jazz tune called Up and Atom. And this was recorded in uh, 1926, March 23rd of 1926. And the personnel for this group, which is um, 
largely the personnel we're going to hear on most of the recordings today was Donald Bryan and Bill Moore on trumpet. Bill Moore is the usual trumpet soloist. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Frank Sarlo on trombone. Uh, Norman Aronimus and Len Kavash on clarinet and alto sax. Len Kavash, or Kavash, was the alto soloist. Jack Pettis on C melody and tenor sax. Oscar Levant, believe it or not, on piano. He, this was one of his first uh, notable jobs. Nick Gerlach on violin. Paul Nito on banjo and violin. Max Rosen on tuba. Sam Finkelman on drums. And Ben Burney himself on violin. Uh, the arranging uh, was done by several different people. Probably these jazz tunes were arranged by Al Goring with input from Jack Pettis. So that's the first tune, Up and Adam. From that point, we're going to go to a few recordings that were made by Jack Pettis uh, for a series of small labels. We're going to hear his own version of a Fats Waller tune. I think they had co-composer credit on it. It's called the St. Louis Shuffle and was recorded uh, by um, Fletcher Henderson in a more uh, familiar version. Pettis recorded this twice, I think at the same recording session. It was recorded uh, and released on different labels. And this was from December 16th of 1926. And they are actually slightly slightly different takes on the same arrangement, uh, very, very different. We're going to hear Donald Bryan on trumpet, probably him playing the solo on here, uh, the solos, I should say. Again, Frank Sarlo on trombone, and the same uh, reed section, along with Al Goring on piano, Merrill Klein on tuba, he's on tuba on most of these. Dylan Ober uh, was on drums, he was uh, Ben Burney's drummer from this point on. And uh, a guest duo, Joe Venuti on violin and Eddie Lang on guitar. They didn't play with the band regularly, but they were added for some of these recordings to sort of up the jazz quotient a bit. So this uh, St. Louis Shuffle was take two, and it was released on Domino. Some of these recorded, or released rather, on Banner, Oriole, uh, Sylvan, and different uh, labels like that, the Dime Store labels as they came to be known later on. So that will be St. Louis Shuffle. From there, we're going to go to a tune called Steppin' Off. And um, this also is by Jack Pettis and his band. Sometimes these were credited to Jack Pettis and his pets. Steppin' It Off is actually the correct title of the tune, which is based on Tiger Rag, as many tunes were at the time. This was released as by Al Goring and his orchestra, but is essentially the same band that we uh, that I just mentioned on St. Louis Shuffle, with the addition of Bill Moore on trumpet. And uh, as I said, he will be taking most of the trumpet solos. He was called the Hot Hawaiian, uh, and he was in fact a, a mixed-race person, had uh, African-American roots, and of course you couldn't say that back then in these segregated times, so he was listening listed as a Hawaiian, very fine jazz trumpet player who had a very short, unfortunately, career. So that would be stepping it off from December of 1927. Followed by that, we're going to go to a tune called Hot Heels, which was also recorded by uh, Eddie Lang and his orchestra. We've uh, recorded that in the past, or uh, put that on podcasts in the past. It had a very minor ostinato quality to it, but uh, some very interesting playing on there. Essentially the same band. It was, in this case, called Jack Pettis and His Pets. It was recorded for Vocalion in June, June 20th of 1928. Bill Moore and Don Bryan on trumpet. Uh, if there's a trombone in there, don't know who it is. Unknown on clarinet, probably one of the Ben Burney guys, Lynn Kavash, along with Jack Pettis on C melody and tenor sax. We think it may have been Spencer Clark on bass sax in there, Al Garing on piano, Clay Bryson was on banjo, uh, and Eddie Lang on guitar, if you can hear any Eddie Lang in there, and uh, Dylan Ober again on drums. So interesting performance there. 
Then we're going to finish up with a tune called Bag of Blues, which was a, a Jack Pettis tune. He recorded this several times. This one was from July 3rd of 1928 for Victor. And we're going to hear another tune from that uh, recording session after the break. And this will feature Don Murray on clarinet. Don Murray was, of course, best known for playing with the Gene Gold Cat Band and recording with... Um, uh, Bix Beiderbeck, and then a little bit later on with Ted Lewis. So he has some excellent clarinet work on here as well. So those are our tunes for this uh, session. We have Up and Adam by Ben Burney and his orchestra, then Jack Pettis and his orchestra, St. Louis Shuffle, the Al Goring Dance Orchestra, Stepping It Off, back to Jack Pettis and his pets in this case, Hot Heels, and then Bag of Blues, all done by essentially the Ben Burney Orchestra featuring Jack Pettis on C melody saxophone. <laughs> Thank you. 
some very interesting hot playing there from the 1920s dance band of Ben Burney, occasionally uh, recording outside of his purview. Started up with Up and Adam, Up and Adam, uh, the Al Goring and Jack Pettis tune, and many of these are, are credited to the two of them. They obviously had a partnership going there. And that uh, featured Jack Pettis on C melody saxophone, and I should mention that was considered kind of an archaic member of the saxophone family even then. It was often the instrument that students began on because it was in the key of C and didn't require transposition, but most players transitioned after a while to alto or tenor. By the 1920s, dance bands usually had two altos and a tenor and some sopranos and baritone saxes mixed into that, but very rarely did they have parts written for a C melody saxophone. Jack Pettis and, of course, Frank Trumbauer were two of the only players to maintain uh, uh, allegiance to that instrument, and they both also played tenors and altos. Pettis played more tenor in the in the section, and uh, Trumbauer played more alto, I believe, in Paul Whiteman's section. So we heard uh, Jack Pettis there. We also heard Frank Sarlo on trombone and Al Goring on piano. Uh, actually, in that case, I think it was um, Oscar Levant on piano. Of course, he was known later as more of a classical player and uh, a, a showy player in the Gershwin tradition, but he was playing with dance bands at this point. From there, we went to Jack Pettis and his orchestra in St. Louis Shuffle, a second take uh, released on Domino. And uh, I should mention the quality of some of these recordings is not great. I got these from a collector who copied 78s for me. Some of them have been reissued on CD, uh, but many have not, I don't think. Um, and some of them I don't even think made it onto LP. Uh, so some interesting music here that doesn't get heard all that often. On St. Louis Shuffle, we heard Joe Venuti and Eddie Lang doing their violin and guitar uh, duo act. And and also, Joe Venuti, or rather Eddie Lang, um, played uh, some of the background figures that were done by the trombone, for example, in the Fletcher Henderson recording, which was based on the stock arrangement. And we got to hear Jack Pettis on C melody playing the uh, Coleman Hawkins lines that we're more familiar with from that slightly later recording as well. So from there, and I should mention also, we heard Don Bryan on trumpet on the solo. Uh, for whatever reason, Bill Moore was not part of that uh, recording session, but he appears on the next ones. We went to the Al Goring Orchestra, fronting largely the same band, on a tune called Steppin' It Off, based on Tiger Rag. And uh, that uh, also featured... Um, uh, Dick McDonough on banjo and guitar, replacing Eddie Lang in that case. And Venuti uh, was no longer a part of this. He isn't on any more recordings, I don't believe. We heard uh, some Spencer Clark on bass sax, at least we think it was he. Some of these personnel um, attributions are a little bit murky. Uh, Bill Moore is definitely the trumpet soloist there. He played a very gritty, incisive trumpet uh, style that favored the middle register, although occasionally he would go up into the high register as well. Then we went to Hot Heels, that tune that, as I mentioned, was recorded by Eddie Lang and his orchestra. It is the same tune, but vastly different interpretations, and it was credited on both recordings to Jack Pettis and Al Goring. Lang took it in a, as a very slow, draggy tune in the um, style of Louis Armstrong's King of the Zulus, and he actually featured Tommy Dorsey on trumpet on that one. This one was a little more up-tempo, featured Clay Bryson on uh, banjo along with Bill Moore. Uh, not sure who the clarinet player was, probably Lynn Kavash, along with Jack Pettis on C melody, Al Goring on piano, Eddie Lang on guitar, and Dylan Ober on drums, along with Spencer Clark on bass sax. 
Then uh, we went to the last tune, Bag of Blues, which is I've always thought was a very unlikely name for that tune, given how fast it is and the fact that it really isn't a blues at all. That featured Don Murray, who was guesting on that session on clarinet, really fine clarinet player who died quite young, um, about 1930 or so, when he was playing with the Ted uh, Lewis band. Ted Lewis also always featured good clarinet players, better than he was, maybe in the idea that people would think that it was Lewis playing clarinet. And in his recordings, you could hear Don Murray or Jimmy Dorsey or Benny Goodman all playing excellent solos. But this is Don Murray here with the Jack Pettis and his Pets group recording for Victor. Uh, we also heard Nicky Gerlach on violin. That was, as I said, Vernuti was gone by that point. Nicky Gerlach was the hot violin soloist for the uh, uh, ben Burney Orchestra at the time. I believe we also heard Eddie Lang still in the group at that point, uh, playing some rhythm guitar along with Clay B Bryson on banjo. So now we're going to go, uh, we're going to do the session mate, or one of the session mates of that bag of blues tune. This is called Doing the New Lowdown, which was, a, uh, I believe, a Jimmy McHugh tune. This is done from a stock arrangement, again, featuring Don Murray on clarinet. These for Victor on July 3rd of 1928. And uh, as I said, we'll hear some very fine clarinet playing there as well. From there, we're going to move over to two tunes that were done under the title of the Whoopie Makers, which was a kind of a catch-all uh, band name that uh, referred to members of the Ben Pollock Orchestra and some other groups as well. Usually these were sides that were uh, organized by Irving Mills, the producer and Duke Ellington's manager at the time. Uh, this was one session that was done with the Ben Burney uh, personnel. We're going to hear two tunes from that. We're going to hear the Rush in Blues. Uh, and the Freshman Hop, and these are, again, credited to Al Goring, Jack Pettis, and in this case, Irving Mills, who got his finger in the pie and anything that he was involved with, so that's how producers worked at the time. The uh, personnel in this case uh, is, are, whatever, trumpet Phil Hart and Bill Moore. Of course, Bill Moore will be playing the uh, solos. We're going to hear Paul Wiegand on trombone. He was with the Bernie Band at the time. Jimmy Dorsey will be playing clarinet and alto, sitting in on this. Uh, Jack Pettis on uh, C melody and tenor, clarinet, what have you. Al Goring on piano. Clay Bryson on guitar. Merrill Klein on tuba. Uh, Dylan Ober on drums, and if we hear some violin in there, it will be by Matty Malnick, who was, I guess, moonlighting from the Paul Whiteman band. That's the Rush in Blues, and with the same personnel, we're going to hear Freshman Hop. Uh, that is a tune that, uh, another one of those tunes that Pettis recorded three times uh, for different companies with different groups. We might be more familiar with the uh, recording from a couple of years later that featured Benny, well, a couple of months later at any rate, that featured Benny Goodman. And uh, this was, uh, that was a, a more interesting recording session. I'm going to be including that on a podcast of Benny Goodman, the Sideman, coming up in a while. So we're going to be hearing this particular one, which was uh, done by the Whoopie Makers in January of 1929. Then we're going to finish up that session or that set with two tunes that were recorded on the later side. These were unreleased, I think, largely. Um, kind of an interesting uh, recording session that was done for Victor. They were actually test recordings. There were four tunes recorded in May, on May 9th of 1929, by Jack Pettis and his band. And we're going to hear uh, the last two tunes, one of which was actually issued. We're going to hear Wild and Wooly Willy and the Bugle Call Blues. And the reason I'm separating this particular recording session is because of the reed players. Uh, the um, 
band, as we're going to hear, uh, Jack Pettis and his band, will be uh, comprised of Donald Moore, or Bill Moore and Donald Bryan again on trumpets. Glenn Miller is on trombone. Uh, Mandy Malnuck again on violin. Lenny Hayton or Al Goring on piano. I think they switched off. Dick McDonough back on guitar. Harry Goodman on bass. And Dylan Ober on drums. And uh, in the reed section, of course, we have Jack Pettis on C melody and tenor. And playing clarinets and altos are Benny Goodman and Tony Parenti. And uh, I picked the two tunes, Wild and Willy Willy and Bugle Call Blues, that feature Tony Parenti on clarinet. Again, the Benny Goodman sides I'm going to put on a different podcast. We'll hear a little bit of alto by Benny Goodman on these tunes. So this is kind of a, a, a combination recording session. It was released uh, apparently by Jack Pettis and his pets on the one release title, which was Bugle Call Blues, and it's a combination of the Ben Burney uh, band, which was at the point of breaking up and reorganizing, and the Ben Pollock band, which included Miller and Goodman and Harry Goodman, and I believe Tony Parenti as well. So those are our tunes for this set. We're going to hear Doing the New Lowdown, the Russian Blues, Freshman Hop, Wild and Willy Willy, and Bugle Call Rag, all featuring Jack Pettis on uh, C melody saxophone and tenor with a variety of friends. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. 
So that was a range of jazz styles from the 1920s right there. Uh, we started out with the doing the new lowdown. As I mentioned, that was the session mate of the um, uh, tune we heard in the last one of the previous session, uh, Bag of Blues, both featuring Don Murray on clarinet. Uh, we also heard in that uh, particular recording, we heard um, Jack Pettis, of course, on C Melody Saxophone, Dylan Ober on drums, Eddie Lang on guitar, Al Goring on piano, Bill Moore taking the trumpet solos, probably Don Bryan playing Trump, uh, trumpet as well. Spencer Clark on bass sax. Violin was played by Nikki Gerlach. And uh, not sure if there was a trombone player in there or not. Then we went to those two tunes by the Whoopie Makers, Rush in Blues and uh, the Freshman Hop. And those were interesting uh, jazz recordings that were done by, oh, uh, a combination of, uh, of personnel in this case. Uh, we heard, obviously... Jack Pettis on uh, C Melody and tenor sax. Probably Jimmy Dorsey on clarinet. That was some interesting playing. If it was Jimmy Dorsey, a little more forthright uh, than his clarinet playing was, but I don't know who else it could be, so I'm willing to buy that. Merrill Klein on tuba. Clay Bryson on banjo. Dylan Ober on drums. Al Goring on piano again. Paul Wiegan, in this case, on trombone, along with Bill Moore and Phil Hart on trumpets. And Matty Malnick played violin. These tunes are all pretty much written by uh, Pettis and Goring with uh, some credit being taken by Irving Mills as well. Then we went to a session made of that, the Freshman Hop, and uh, same band in there. And as I said, that tune was probably better, is probably better known from the recording done a bit later by uh, the Pettis Band, including Benny Goodman and Jack Teagarden as well. Then we did two tunes to wind up the, uh, the set there. We did uh, Wild and Wooly Willie and the uh, Bugle Call Blues. And both of those featured the clarinet playing of Tony Parenti, uh, who uh, was, uh, I don't know if he was with the Ben Pollard Band briefly at that time, which was May 9th of 1929 or not. Benny Goodman played clarinet on the first two tunes that we'll be hearing on another broadcast, although we did hear him playing some alto, especially on Wild and Willy Willie. Glenn Miller on trombone, Donald Bryan and Bill Moore again on trumpets, with Jack Pettis, Matty Malnack on violin, Al Goring on piano, Lenny Hayton might have played piano on a couple of those numbers, hard to tell though, Dick McDonough on guitar, Harry Goodman on bass, and Dylan Ober on drums. And those were recorded for Victor, although um, Bugle Call Blues was released, but the other ones in that session were not. They were just test pressings, so don't know why that happened. So we have one more set for you, and we are going to feature Jack Pettis playing with the Ben Burney Band. And this is one particular session that he did in uh, July 28th, on July 28th of 1928. This was done for Brunswick by Ben Burney and his Hotel Roosevelt Orchestra. And the personnel on here, similar to what we've been listening to, Don Bryan and uh, Bill Moore and possibly Phil Hart, all on trumpets, three trumpets, Paul Weigand on trombone, Len Kavash and Dick Stabile on clarinet and altos. I believe the clarinet playing is by Dick Stabile, who later became known as the band, uh, the orchestra director for Martin and Lewis, and then Dean Martin after that. He played a kind of a, uh, a novelty alto uh, style as well. Jack Pettis on C melody and tenor, Nicky Gerlach on violin, Al Goring on piano, Clay Bryson on banjo, Merrill Klein on tuba and string bass, and Dylan Ober on drums. Now, during this period of Brunswick, the Ben Burney Band recorded sometimes two versions of every tune, one with a vocal and one without, and the one without was released uh, in South America, Argentina, I think, specifically, where it was deemed that English lyrics would not be a selling point. But we 
profit by that because the vocal chorus is usually filled up by a jazz solo. In some cases, Jack Pettis. In some cases, um, Al Goring. In some cases, Bill Moore. So we're going to be hearing some examples of that. And we have four tunes from this session, particularly good session. Hindustan, which was an old tune by that point, an interesting arrangement featuring some tenor sax by Jack Pettis. Then a tune called When Polly Walks Through the Hollyhocks. And how could you not love a tune with that name? It's actually a very hot little arrangement. And uh, I believe it was by Archie Blyer, uh, the stock arrangement that was done here. And we're going to hear Bill Moore, Jack Pettis, and Paul Wiegand on that. Quite a bit of Jack Pettis, in fact. Uh, almost a feature for him. Then the uh, Gus Kahn and Elmer Schobel tune, Ten Little Miles from Town. Good feature for Bill Moore. And then we're going to finish up with a surprisingly hot recording of the Cannonball Rag, which goes back to the ragtime era and features uh, Dick Stabile on clarinet, Jack Pettis on C melody, Paul Wigand on trombone, Bill Moore on trumpet, and even Merrill Klein gets some innings here on tuba. So those are the four tunes we're going to finish up with. Uh, ben Burney and his Hotel Roosevelt Orchestra from 1928, June, uh, July 28th to be precise. Hindustan, When Polly Walks Through the Hollyhocks, Ten Little Miles from Town, and the Cannonball Rag. <laughs> Thank you. 
Orchestra, his Roosevelt Hotel Orchestra, featuring Jack Pettis on C melody and tenor. I had said he played tenor sax on Hindustan, the first tune of the set. That was definitely a C melody. I think he did most, if not all, of his solos on C melody, although it's very possible he played tenor in the ensemble. So after Hindustan, we went to that brisk little novelty when Polly walks through the Hollyhocks, which I believe was an Archie Blyer stock arrangement, as was the next one, 10 Little Miles from Town. And Polly, when uh, she was walking through the Hollyhocks, omitted the vocal uh, that was on the uh, released American release take. And on the South American take, it was replaced by a trade between Bill Moore on trumpet and uh, Paul Wiegand on trombone. At the beginning, we heard quite a bit of very uh, good C melody by Jack Pettis, trading with an open trumpet that was probably Donald Bryan, and then later on uh, Pettis came back in and did some more solos. Ten Little Miles from Town had solos, but was largely given over, I think, to uh, Bill Moore in addition to uh, Jack Pettis, but Bill Moore was a very underrated trumpet soloist at the time. Then we finished up with the Cannonball Rag by Jack Northrup, an uh, early style tune, ragtime obviously, that um, featured all of the members of the band, all of the solos in any way, Dick Stabile on clarinet, Jack Pettis on C melody, Paul Wiegand on trombone, Bill Moore on trumpet, and Merrill Klein on tuba, a very uh, effective arrangement of an earlier style jazz tune done in a hot dance style. So I hope you've enjoyed this program about Jack Pettis. And well, shortly after this, he started leading bands on cruise ships about 1930 and stopped recording. He had one date in 1937, uh, but that was about it. He uh, went on to do other extra musical things as well as leading some bands, and he died in 1963. So this is the Jazz Focus, and we are dedicated to bringing you some interesting jazz from time to time, and hope you're interested enough to check out what we're doing. Maybe sponsor us as well. You can check that little button out at the top of your browser for uh, continuing sponsorship or a one-time gift to keep us going and engaged. My name is John Clark, and thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>